I'm Ron Algar-Watt, and this is More Bits. Before we get started, a bit of administrative housekeeping. I'd mentioned in the past that it was my intention to make this a clearinghouse for ideas that didn't quite fit on the other shows I do, and to deliberately not commit to a specific format. But I've done ten episodes in a row now in which I have a relatively frank discussion with someone about a topic of common interest. And so, going forward, that's what more bits will be. An interview show where I talk to people about stuff like writing and creativity, depression, mental illness and comedy, or some combination thereof. This episode features a chat with Zach Nelson of Seattle sketch troupe Drop the Root Beer and Run. It was originally recorded for my sketch comedy podcast, Sarcastic Voyage, but ended up being cut. Enjoy! Um, so, Drop the Root Beer and Run seems like a name that is begging to be asked, what does that mean? And so I'm not going to ask you what it means at all. I'm just going to leave it there. Okay. Uh, let the let the people wonder, I guess. Yeah, uh, exactly. If you want an actual explanation, I am more than happy to give it nope, to you. Cause don't you want it. Don't want it. Okay, cool. No, just going to be difficult moving about this. On, moving on. <laughs> no, if you want to tell me, by all means. Uh, it's... It's uh, so there was a member of the group who is no longer in the group currently, and uh, the, it's basically comes from Mad Men, where a bunch there's a bunch of kids. There's a scene where there's a bunch of kids in an alleyway smoking cigarettes and drinking root beer, mm-hmm. and one of the moms comes out and sees that they're all smoking cigarettes, and they all just throw the root beer bottles on the ground and like book it for is that just one homes. of those things you guys saw and it was like oh that is the most hilarious thing i've ever seen <laughs> it's just it's it's such an interesting <laughs> image for kids to be smoking cigarettes and just drop all these root beer bottles and like <laughs> run and scatter to their respective homes so yeah, that makes sense that's that uh, and that i guess that stuck with him and that's how the um the name kind of stuck i didn't actually join the group until uh it was like a year and a half after they formed oh wow how long have they been around uh, they were in Olympia, gosh, I think like 2009. Oh. I'm not sure if I'm getting the, the history. My, my lore is very shoddy. No, uh, that's, that's fine. Um, so is is this one of those, like the, these people you knew in college or like, yeah. So, um, a lot of them I, I had written with in college at a mm-hmm. group at the Evergreen State College called, uh, the Generation Friends, uh. Comedy Arts Coalition, just known as Generation Friends around kind of campus. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, me and um, Matt Hatfield, Matt Olson, and Bailey were all people that I knew. And then Caitlin Obum, I kind of knew mm-hmm. um, from that. Uh, but we became better friends after after I graduated from college. So, mm-hmm. so you guys are all crazy young and graduated like in this century then? Yes. Okay. Yes. Graduated in this century, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Fair Crazy enough. young. I am the I am the most the oldest member of the group. So you're what, like fourteen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, my mom sends me uh, to work with a a little a apple juice, root beer a bottle of root beer, and, and a cigarette, uh, and a cigarette. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, and then pins a twenty dollar to my collar and uh, nice. says, "Buy yourself something nice." So. <laughs> No, I I got involved with all this stuff kind of late. Like I'm just starting to sort of like watch the shows and and, and get involved and all that kind of thing. And I I forget that a lot of people meet and get into this stuff in college. And so all you guys are in your 20s and I'm about to turn 40. And it's like, oh, my God, these kids. See, that's interesting because I feel like I got into it late because I was 
I was like 18 and there were a bunch of kids I knew in high school and stuff like that mm -hmm. who were already like had done improv for all four years of high school and like were, you know, writing short one acts, comedic one acts right. and stuff like that. And I was, I had no, like my, my modus operandi for high school that I stated to everyone was to just float under the radar and get out of there. So, sure. uh, and then in college I was like, I'll try this, I'll try this improv thing. You know, i I've never done it before, but I like whose line is it anyway. Oh yeah, and that was the extent of my knowledge for most of most of you know. I did I knew about stand up and I knew what improv vaguely was, but no and no conception of sketch really at right. that point. So now, what what is your like? Do you have an improv background, or is that just something you sort of <clears throat> learned and picked up, but you decided I'd rather do sketch? Uh, so I I did like improv when I started. I was in college. I just kind of showed up. It was like no audition, just show up and you're in the group. Mm -hmm. So uh, I showed up and, you know, it's where I met a bunch of the people who, uh, you know, uh, would later, you know, they were part of the group that would later become Generation of Friends. There was already mm -hmm. a group that was there at the Evergreen State College that did comedy mm -hmm. called the Evergreen Spontaneity Club. Mm -hmm. Um it sounded a little too Evergreen State College, though, so we wanted to change the name on it. Sure. But um, it otherwise, yeah, I, I did improv for up until a, uh, about a year ago. And then hmm. it kind of, I was in two groups and I just sort of wanted to focus on sketch and improv didn't hold as much um, appeal to me as sketch comedy did but right well what what appeals to you more about sketch like what what calls to you and says this is this is where you should be this is what you should be doing i honestly like being in a room with a bunch of uh bunch of funny people and just tossing jokes around yeah and uh you know like like doing the writing room with you and mm -hmm. like um all those people in clayton's writing room is kind of sure. one of my one of my favorite things you know on a daily i wish i could do it more than i actually do but mm -hmm. uh part of it is just being in a room with a bunch of people and really trying to you know like working hard to craft something right i i feel like i i really i i enjoy improv when i do it and it's it's one of those things i i i like to do and i still like to flex that muscle a little bit but sketch just because there's so so many things you can do and you know I don't know. It's just very hard to do a good, like improv. Improv scenes are very kind of up and down. Whereas sketch, I feel like if you just work hard at it, you know, you can get a consistent, you know, right, like like show. No, and that's that's very much my philosophy of comedy writing is that it's a science. Is that that there is, like, yeah, there's a spontaneous element to it. There's a surprise element to it. But really, yeah. the right el the right combination of factors, the right. <laughs> Like this perfect combination of words and jokes and pacing and everything will make the perfect sketch. And you're always kind of finding where that is. And whereas with improv is just go, 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 go. Yeah. Improv is sort of like, come on the stage, you know, we're, you know, start something, figure it out and kind of figuring it out as you go along, which is fun because mm -hmm. at the same time, the audience is figuring it out with you. Sure. What I think the challenge of sketch that intrigues me more is sometimes if you start out with a premise the audience will kind of immediately immediately start to fill in the gaps right. about where the sketch is going and it's fun to kind of play with that. Like, yeah, I think I think the fact that you're playing to audiences that are 
deeply familiar with sketch comedy at this point means mm-hmm. you can play on their expectations and you can say, well, sure, you've watched a lot of this and that and you think it's going to go here, but yeah. I've watched that stuff too and it's not going to go there. It's not going to go there, exactly. It's funny you bring up the science thing because I feel like I approach it in much the same way. I like, I I definitely have a methodical kind of almost mathematical bent mm-hmm. to sometimes. Sometimes I feel like I'm a little bit too formulaic in the way I write sketches, but uh, like... Well, see, there's there's a difference between... Us, like going with the established like structure the basic mm-hmm. structure of a sketch and then being formulaic and it's mm-hmm. it's it's a hard line to walk and you can't always see where the line is but but you there is sort of a plan you need to go by most of the time without necessarily being formulaic yeah it's kind of it's one of those things that i feel like is i know, I know what you mean it's it's sort of I don't know. The The line is so thin, it's kind of sometimes yeah. hard to really see where that line is. But, you know, if I, oh, here we go, rule of threes, you know, I'm right. going to, you know, I, I've got this idea. It's where they're going to play a game. It's going to escalate with each beat, and it's going to go for three beats, and, you know. Yeah, that's exactly what we talk about yeah. in, in our writing group. And yeah. I'm, I'm, it's good to do that, but it's also, like, to me, sort of a point of departure where you start with that, but then you can go maybe somewhere else with it or, you know. It, exactly so i i guess that's sort of one of the things i i definitely think about and occasionally my writing is mm-hmm. can be influenced by the fact that i'm just too much in my head i'm going like oh is this is this even a good idea because you know i've i've over, <laughs> already thought it out to its third beat and i'm like i don't know if i like that third beat a lot so yeah well i mean but the, sometimes that's not bad to write out just as a draft and then you bring it to like if you're writing with people then you bring it to them and you say okay what can i do to make this better like what can you you know what can i do with this like i know there's the start of something here yeah and that's what's nice about having a group of people that you've worked with for a while is you can just kind of toss stuff out to them and be like hey this is not the you know this is not going to bring bring the walls crashing down around us for the right uh, of sketch comedy but it's it's the sketch i wrote so <laughs> now how do you what what is the process like you guys there's five people in your group do you like the pair up with an odd one out or do you all take a, a, a swipe at it or how does that work a lot of times what happens is uh, we all write individually so we'll pitch ideas to each other mm-hmm. and we'll and then usually the group kind of says something about the idea and then we'll we'll all go back or we kind of come up with ideas on our own and we'll write them. Mm-hmm. But uh, sometimes too, like you, you can, you have the full, full prerogative to say, I think this is a good idea and I'm going to write it. Cause I, I don't agree with the, with that, it, that it might not work. So mm-hmm. you can just kind of go and bring it back to the group. And there's been some sketches where we've been like, okay, yeah, that's actually a good idea. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you guys have sort of a house style? Like a, like this is a drop the root beer and run sketch, or this is a good sketch, but it would not work for what we do. Like, do you have like a sort of a house style? I, I definitely think there's, there's a, uh, there's a standard for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it, um, it's, it's definitely, um, a very abstract style i guess sure i mean so, I've, I've seen i think two of your shows and i would definitely say that yes uh i would i would definitely agree with that it's um it's it's interesting for me because i feel like um of the group uh olsen and hatfields uh of the drop through mm-hmm. they they probably write easiest in that style mm-hmm. and it's very hard for me to uh write in that style sometimes where it's because I'm not a super abstract guy. Right. I'm very kind of 
I'm probably the most more more kind of straightforward grounded right. writer of the the group. And uh Caitlin is is also a very good writer and she can go kind of um you know, I think I think her style could go either way. So. Right. No, and and the the guy that I uh, co-host the show with uh, mm-hmm. Matt Robotham, he's very abstract and very strange and usually like the two of us write together and I bring sort of the grounding like I'll do the clever stuff and he'll do the weird stuff and yeah. it comes together in this nice sort of middle ground. Yeah, and that's that's fun too. I I feel like um it it all works and it's always very interesting to see what people like what people bring in. Mm-hmm. Um and sometimes, you know, someone really has a vision for what the right the sketch is going to be and what it's going to be like and i (laughs) i'm definitely uh impressed by that because it's not always something that i i feel like i come to the the fore with that makes sense so you're the you're the first of the local people that i've talked to i have a few other people lined up that i'd like to talk to i i uh, coming in this from the outside sort of self-taught sort of like like i've been doing this on my own for a long time and i'm just finally now getting into groups and things like yeah i just i have questions like there seems to be sort of an established, everybody's got us, like, everyone has sort of an understanding of this is what comedy is, this is how sketch works. Mm-hmm. Like, is there, is it a Seattle style or did you all learn in college or where does this come from exactly? Like, <laughs> it's, seriously. It's interesting that you mentioned this because I feel like a lot of us came from uh, college sort of with with sketch comedy. Like, uh, so as I just said, my, my group kind of formed out of the Evergreen State College. Uh, the ubiquitous day a lot of them came it was originally a college troupe as well mm-hmm. um i think down ups was the college mm-hmm. university of puget sound and then charles uh formed when oh gosh i think charlie was a head writer for the um a paper at at their college and that's mm-hmm. where um, but i mean are these like sort of like volunteer extracurricular things or are the like did you take formal like classes on comedy writing i i had never taken formal classes on comedy writing until i graduated from college and like moved up here huh and even then my my experience was pretty sparse i got right. a couple like here and there but it was never you know one of the best classes i probably took on comedy that made me think about it in a different way was um, from Mike Matthew of the Cody River show. Yeah, I actually took a like a seminar with him as well, and I, yeah. I, I hate to say like this wasn't a reflection on him necessarily, yeah. but I wasn't like, I don't. He didn't seem like that good, like that that good of a teacher. Like he was relating things that he had done, which were good, but he kind of there wasn't really a structure to it. It was just sort of like oh, and also this, uh, and and oh, this happened mm-hmm. to me once. Like I, I don't know. I I feel like I didn't get as much out of it as maybe I could have. It's I I guess his his viewpoints kind of were interesting. He also um, directed a drop the root and run show like mm-hmm. our most recent one. So that was kind of interesting to hear him like get directed by him and hear him kind of talk about right what what works and what doesn't. So, hmm. um, but I that for me that was one of the big ones. And then um, Clayton obviously was sure. was definitely one of the people who I like. I I did a mashup. I think a sketch with Seattle sketch fest as soon as I moved up here, like pretty much mm-hmm. like a couple months after I did. So, and then that was one of the ones where I kind of figured out who was into sketch comedy and right. started kind of figuring it out. And then the rest of them didn't actually move up here until like 2010. So, mm-hmm. cause I was a year ahead of them all. So I had to wait for 
them to graduate from college and god you guys are so young yeah <laughs> i hear you oh. you know how that is waiting for people to graduate from college before you can form a sketch troupe with them uh no actually <laughs> i just i just called a friend up one day and said hey instead of doing this web comic nobody reads why don't we do a podcast nobody listens to and he said yeah sure <laughs> And then uh, I was like, hey, maybe I should go see if people are laughing instead of just sitting in my basement and waiting to, to hear back from them on the internet. That's 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 what's so interesting about uh, it. I think the podcast format is it's it's such a cool, cool medium, but it's it's unfortunate in the fact that you don't necessarily get that immediate kind of confirmation about right. what like are they laughing, you know? Yeah. No, it's it, the problem on the internet is you will hear from maybe one in 10 people who are that moved by your stuff. Yeah. Like I see numbers. I know we got more listeners than we have people telling us they're listening, but a lot of people just don't want to say anything. And it's like, well, the thing about comedy is this is really what sort of moved me to start seeking yeah. out local stuff and maybe do some live stuff is someone said, it's not comedy. If there's nobody laughing, like you have to have an audience, you have to hear that laughter or it's not comedy. It's just jokes. And I was like, that is a really good point. It is a good point, but at the same time, I feel like, I I don't know. I think podcasts, it's so hard to get that, um, unless you're recording like front of a live audience. Well, right. Whatever. The one time we did that, we, yeah. we it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it was great. Yeah. And I was I was there for that show. For I, I appreciated that. Yeah, and no, we've done that a few times actually with the with at various events and things, and it is it 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 works really well. And it's like, oh yeah, we are funny. Yeah, it's <laughs> like oh. Sometimes there's that thing, too. I feel like this happens when you have rehearsed a show, mm -hmm. like just been in the rehearsal process for ages, and then you do that first run of it where you're like, oh, that's right. These jokes these jokes were funny when I first right. heard them. Yep, exactly. Yeah. No, this was the first, because, yeah, usually we write it. We'll do a run through once or twice, yeah. a rehearsal to get all the beats down and get the voices right, and then we'll go, and then I'll edit it, and then I'll never think about it again. And it's like when we rehearsed for the show at the pocket, we must have done seven rehearsals, mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, I'm so tired. Like I'm, I'm so tired of hearing this line and yeah. saying this. And the thing is, it's like when I wrote it, I was proud of it. When we recorded it, I was proud of it, but now yeah. I'm fucking sick. I never want to hear this again. This yeah. is terrible. There are sketches that uh, there's a there was a monologue that we had. It was. Um, called the carrying monologue and it was one of the first sketches that we like we had as a group and it was people liked it but in the end we did it for <laughs> we did it for almost every show that oh, we God. like performed at and then we just kind of made a decision to you know we're gonna put some sketches in the vault so that they we can pull them out again in like a year or so well, that or makes sense dust off some old old ones just well now do you guys have enough of a following now that you have stuff that people want to see do you have greatest hits and stuff is it like people expect <laughs> you to close with your big whatever <laughs> you know like like what's your parrot sketch what's your you know? uh the like for a while it was a sketch called space bear where i know just... i saw space bear yeah, yeah for a we while actually amanda and i would occasionally like ambush each other and just say space bear and that would <laughs> that would like get the earworm back like oh god damn it oh god it was I that sketch was definitely the one that got the biggest response for what it's we a fanta did. You guys closed on it. It was fantastic, and it's it's a lot of fun to do. And I, but I think that we were running, we started running into the same stuff yeah. we did with the carry model. We were like, okay, we've done this for a year, and we don't want to we don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So it's uh I that one for a while though was probably probably that one, and now um I don't know if we have really. Uh, Sesame Street seems to be the one that 
uh yeah that was we did the the variety show at the pocket the night before we did our live show and you guys did that and that was fantastic just this really surreal <laughs> take on like like we don't remember what sesame street was like exactly so here is how we will represent our fragmented <laughs> memories of it yep pretty much that uh that sketch is it's the sort of the brainchild of of uh matt wilson he kind of came to us with that one and just sort of said hey this is the way i i envisioned the sketch going we were like that is a very specific <laughs> vision well, and, and, and i don't know matt super well but i have been with him at the writing group for quite a while and i have an idea of what kind of writer he is and i i nailed like yeah that's matt's yeah like, that is totally. absolutely matt's totally and he he definitely has that very style where he watched he got me into some very odd comedy when i was in when i was well, like what like uh, there's a there's a sketch called Jam which has a bunch of people from, uh the uh oh gosh it was a old sketch show the Big Train Big Train sketch show which is from uh England it was one of the first sketch shows that Simon Pegg was on mm, okay and then um there's some people on there that went on to do this uh Jam which mm -hmm. is also part of a Blue Jam podcast mm. and it's this I God I can't remember the name of the person who does it. He, he's told me like a million times and I just never sticks in my brain, but, um, the, it's, it's just this very surreal sketch show hmm. and, uh, it was like, you, you had to like buy it from England and like, yeah, it was only on region two, like oh, DVDs. That, yeah. yeah. And it was, and he, uh, he specifically, I, I don't know if he did it specifically for this, but he did get an all region DVD player <laughs> for like the same time he got jam right and there's only i think there's only like one season of it yeah and a series over there is like six episodes so. yeah exactly it's not it's not super super uh long but it was it was amazing in the fact that there was just this really weird like right kind of stuff that made me laugh and it was very dark and what what would would you say that was an influencing factor on on drop the root beer? Like, do you guys have like specific influences or? I definitely think the main one. We all kind of have our uh, own separate stuff we bring to the table. Like mm -hmm. Bailey's really into um, Bailey and Caitlin are both very into like British uh, mm -hmm. British comedy. They're big fans of like Doc Doctor Who sure. and you know. Um, though they probably wouldn't like me admitting this, Teen Wolf and. Uh, <laughs> uh -huh. And um, they're and they uh, both of them are are probably the biggest consumers of. Well, maybe not actually. I probably the I probably say that because I'm the least least amount consumer of uh, television. Sure. In the group, but I I do my best. But I guess Bailey and Caitlin kind of come from that like Monty Python like Faulty Towers sure. sort of uh, kind of kind of deal. Uh, Kids in the Hall seems to be a big unifying one. Sure. Um, and Jam definitely, I think was was influenced. It influenced me, even though I'm still pretty grounded. But it's mm -hmm. there. I I it definitely inspired me to kind of write odder things. And well, that's the thing. You can be influenced by stuff that's nothing like you. In fact, that's the best thing sometimes to make you wake up and say, "Wow, I never thought it could be like this." I want to aspire to that yeah exactly like jam is one of those sketch shows that i i look at and say wow i don't know if i could ever write anything like that but damn yeah. it i want to try so <laughs> that's how i feel watching arrested development it's like this oh, yeah. incredible puzzle box of like 
references and interrelated stuff and it was like i i can never write like this but i'm sure as hell gonna try yeah exactly it's it's one of those things that uh man it's it's a mini aspire few achieve thing right. like where you're you i think it's good to have those goals though, oh yeah it's no like, it's that uh, aim for the moon land on the roof thing yeah exactly but here i am on the roof yeah and i i don't know i i ended up writing a lot of um very short sketches because mm -hmm. of some otter influences and some of them are just uh like they're 30 seconds long i, I feel like it's hard to do that stuff. i mean i don't know stage at all like i i feel like i've i mean we've been doing this for five years i feel like i have a pretty good handle on what what works audio wise we do that kind of thing all the time i can do a 10 second sketch where mm -hmm. you come in you deliver the joke you leave like that was one of the things i loved about kids in the hall is sometimes mm -hmm. they would have a premise that was one joke yeah and they would not belabor the point and come out and repeat it over and over again they'd deliver their joke and they'd get out and that it feels like it must be really hard to do that on stage, though. It's actually a lovely covering device. So if someone has something very hard to do or if they're, you know, for whatever reason, they've got props to get and it's sure. going to be really cumbersome for them to get out on stage, you know, really quick. You can have two people with absolutely no props come mm -hmm. out on stage, deliver the joke. And then in that time, the person's, you know, the person's ready to come on stage. So that a lot sense. of times that's what we use them for. It's like sort of uh I, you still get you know your your jokes per minute uh, quota right. filled but you're you're kind of covering for the person who has to like oh they have to go get you know the, whatever this is back there you have to get the sword the chicken hood and like the shield or something like <laughs> right. that and to be ready for the next sketch and uh, it's it's just makes it easier and then you can have two people come out with no props and it's well, and the thing is, like, sometimes a joke is perfect the way it is. Like, the more you weigh it down with, with setup and with repetition, it actually, like, diminishes it, I think. And sometimes the certain jokes are better to just, like, do and, you know. I I think that, too. I think sometimes, you know, sometimes I I tend to do that too much where uh, there's a specific uh, file on... It's gotten to the point where there's a specific file for... Uh, in the pitching section of drop through beer and run mm -hmm. called Zach short and weird. <laughs> and it's just where I have like 18 sketches, I think, or right. maybe like maybe 12 sketches or something like that, where it's just like, these are all like little 30 minute bumpers I wrote. Right. No, I, second I, bumpers. I, I mean, and with, with us doing sort of the radio format type thing, like that lends itself well to let's do a fake commercial. Yeah. So, and if we have like a four or five minute long conversational sketch, it's nice to break it up with here's something really quick. And yeah. then we'll go to like a, a song parody and then we'll go to like, a, you know, like mix it up that way. It was frustrating when I first did one because the I, I came up with the idea and it was it was two lines and I came up with the idea on the way to rehearsal. And it was very low maintenance, so I, you know, it was it was in the show, and mm -hmm. uh, the sketch I had worked extremely hard on editing and preparing for that show completely flopped on the night of the oh. show. But the thing I had come up with on the day of rehearsal got a great response. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like comedy in a nutshell for me. Is like sometimes the things you work on the most are like. Well, and that was the thing we discover when we occasionally, like, we don't do live very often, but when we do, it's like, I know this is a great sketch, and I get up there, and nothing. nothing. And then I'll do something where, okay, this is low-hanging fruit. Like, occasionally, <laughs> it'll be like, this is going to be a crowd pleaser. There was one, we had uh, one of our voice actors flew out all the way from Georgia, which was phenomenal. Like, he came all the way out here just to do the show. Awesome. And he, he's a really talented guy. And um, 
Uh, this part's not ending up on the show, by the way. I'm not going to tell him he's talented. He needs to. He needs, he needs to, to he, stay hungry. He needs to earn it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> stay hungry. He, I let him sleep on my couch. That was enough. <laughs> no. Um. But we we I know because he came all the way out here. I wanted and he because he actually is really talented. Like he's done paid voice stuff. Yeah. I wanted him to have a monologue. Like I wanted to give him the spotlight. And we had two. We had one that was super clever and was my favorite. And we had one that I knew would go over well with the crowd. Yeah. Oh, we got to go with that one. Yeah. Because sometimes you just know, like, and I'm sure you know this way better than I dealing with live stuff more often, but you don't want to dumb it down. But on the other hand, sometimes, you know, maybe your dumber stuff's going to go over well. Yeah. There's, uh, there's definitely, there's definitely points where we realize that something's pretty dumb, but at the same time, it's, it's pretty, uh, there's a sketch that Matt Olson wrote called uh, Parrot Fell Detective. Okay. Which he will fully admit. I, I don't feel bad saying this because he will fully admit it's a dumb sketch. Okay, but, but dumb sketches can be good. But it's, I mean, it still makes us laugh when we read it. Right. And it got, it didn't, it, what's weird about it is it didn't necessarily get the audience response that I think we were hoping for with it. But mm-hmm. It's one of those ones that might end up just being for us. Yeah, I, I, that was the other thing I was going to say is that we had a couple of things in our in our hour where it was like, you know what, we're doing this. This is a bit we come back to every now and then. <laughs> this is for us. We love it. I can deal with three minutes of silence and when we move on to something else <laughs> yeah. because this is for like, I want this particular character, this particular sound, and I kind of want to look out and see blank faces. That'll actually make me happy in a weird way. Yeah, I I I think that is. That's that's great. I think yeah. I I don't feel great about having too many of those. In no, the no, show, no, no, no. We had but... we had one out of our hour. Yeah, where I felt yeah. like that was you know. And and that's that's probably a pretty good. I mean, I I'm not saying we had one thing that bombed. I'm saying we had one thing I knew was going to bomb. Yeah, there's those things where you're like, like whether that gets laughs or not, we are keeping yeah. this in the show. Well, it, it it seems like you guys just knowing, like I don't know all of you super well, but from from what I've gotten to know. It seems like you guys might tend toward doing stuff that's super clever and super weird and super like very specific to the point where the audience might not get it. And I, I could see you just running with it anyway. Yeah, we, there have been times. I think there's definitely times where we've just gone, gone fully into a sketch and it's just sometimes it doesn't work. And yeah. Well, I think my, my, one of my worst tendencies in, as a comedy writer is writing sketches for writers is what Amanda calls them. Oh, yeah. Because like I know – in a room full of guys like you, you'll think it's great because you know, you think about this stuff, you know yeah. the structure, you know the, the 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 cliches, you know all that. But an audience might not look at that and like they might not know what I'm getting at at all. Like there's there's a sketch, you know, there I I definitely think those are uh those are sketchubator sketches, which mm-hmm. is what uh there's a uh like uh there's a there was a thing for Sketchfest where it was basically like sketchubator mm-hmm. and you basically write stuff and then you uh, get to perform it for a room full of writers. Yeah, and jokes those, for writers. Jokes for writers, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's um, you you listen to the Thrilling Adventure Hour at all? Oh, I have heard about it from Caitlin and Bailey, and I love Paul F. Tompkins. So well, by all I mean, rights, yeah. But if you really, if you want to follow Paul F. Tompkins, quit your job because that guy is on everything. Yes, he is on everything. Um, but, uh, no, they do, they do a few different old time radio things. And one of them they do has Paul, the one with Paula Tompkins and, um, Paget Brewster. Mm-hmm. She's amazing too. Like she is the female version of him. Like as, as far as talent goes, like she's every bit as great as he is. Yeah. Um, they're, they're really evenly matched on that, but that 
feature, like they do two or three different things. That particular feature has a lot of super clever, like, like I'm laughing at the wrong parts because I know those jokes are for writers, but mm-hmm. then they also write the low hanging fruit for the audience as yeah. well. And like, it's, it's a nice mix, but like there's one where she's berating a character for something and she says, don't make the subtext text. Where were you raised? <laughs> it's like, okay, that, that is a joke like for lit majors. And that's for it. lit majors. Yeah. Like people, people who uh, had a minor in or a major in fine arts or something. Right. Like exactly. That. But it was, you know, I was laughing and the audience wasn't. And then something happened where the audience laughed. I'm like, that wasn't funny. Yeah. But that's just, yeah, that's how it goes. That's what's fun about comedy is it's subjective and the things. That's why I, I think it's good to have such a kind of, diverse group of people around you that are doing comedies because it's nice to you know sort of say like okay i find this funny but you know i don't necessarily find this funny i agree and there's there's those times where you can get into heated debates about you know is is uh a jam you know the sketch show jam Mm -hmm. actually funny or is it just weird for the sake of weird well and then you get into the like i mean is comedy an art like yeah like do, do people have to laugh for it to be funny well no, yeah but <laughs> i don't know yeah it's that that's a whole pandora's box it absolutely stuff. is and and if we had several hours to have this conversation i'd love to have it but we should probably start wrapping up i feel like i need a i feel like i need a beer for that conversation <laughs> yeah. that, than uh than what i have in front of me which is just uh what's left of a burger king cup what's yeah. left of a burger king dr pepper right oh dr pepper really yes mm-hmm. okay i like my spice sodas <laughs> uh, uh how, how do we how do the people who don't live in seattle find you on the internet uh that we have dropped the root beer and run.com mm-hmm. and there's our drop the root beer and run at uh you can our twitter handle is drop the root beer at drop the root beer and run mm-hmm. and uh the uh we have a tumblr and there's also you can find us on Facebook. Ah, excellent! So all the all the major food groups. Covered. All the major food groups, and there's an email that gets checked sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you can email it, hit us up at Gmail if you really, really want to, but we may not get back to you for unexplainable lengths of time. Understood. This show is produced by me, Ron Algar Watt, and featured Zach Nelson. Zach's troupe, Drop the Root Beer and Run, can be found on DropTheRootBeerAndRun.com and on Twitter at at DropTheRootBeer. To learn more about me, visit Algar, that's double A-L-G-A-R dot com. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>